Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. We got questions, and if there are answers to be had, 
You got the people who will have them. It's Two Tell and One is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the great state. Great to be with you on this very fine, very warm Friday afternoon. Thanks for letting us ride along with you as you head off into your weekend. Hope you are safe and well and finding enjoyable ways to stay cool. Uh, yes. All of that, we wish you the absolute best. If you would like to follow along today, the show, there's a lot going on. We'll get into it in just a moment. You can listen live, though. This is a great show to listen live to. If you're on your radios, your TVs, you're already there. If you need to get there when you arrive at your destination, you go to the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live on the stream all the time. The stream is available whenever you would like it, and it is there thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call and talk, you can do that, 361-3688. It's also a great day with all the guests that we have. Probably not going to take many calls today. You can text in. Text in. You got questions. You got uh, responses you want to make. Text in to 361-3688, and we will take those comments and uh, maybe put those out there if they're warranted. All guests, by the way, join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we got into show today. It is a jam-packed show. We uh, started. We will start today with a statement from the NCAA that sort of moved back some decision-making that they made. That, in turn, has delayed the Big Sky Conference in making some of its decisions. So, again, we're going to find out as much as we can at this moment uh, here today, the last day of July. Uh, but we don't know how much we're going to be able to know. But there's a whole bunch of people that we will be finding out as much as we can from. First and foremost, 4.15, uh, about 15 minutes from right now, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, Tom Wistersill, is going to be on with us. And we will talk to him about the decision-making process, what his seat is like in terms of you know the relationship, the decision-making, and how uh, all of these entities, the member institutions, ADs, presidents, uh, etc., come together to try and make the best decisions possible uh, given the circumstances that we are in right now. Then at about 4.40 today, okay, just about 30, little 35 minutes from now, Kent Haslam, the athletic director at the University of Montana, he is going to join us live. So looking forward to that. So we'll talk commissioner side of it, then we will talk institution side of it, and specifically the University of Montana uh, with uh, with that athletic director Kent Haslam. Top of the hour, when we go around the corner, we'll go to the other side of the mountains. Talk to the athletic director of Montana State University, Leon Costello, and we'll try. Listen, there's there's some stuff. There's going to be a lot of overlap today. Okay, we understand that, but also there's some stuff that's very specific. That's what's to what's going on at the University of Montana, what's going on at Montana State University, and we'll see kind of where those concentric circles come together, and then also where they are separate. And where these two uh, universities and athletic departments are, you know, having to make decisions and and put things together uh, that are that are you know in uh, particular uh, to uh, to the one school or the other. We still, it's a Friday, Coulter. We're not going to try and have a little bit of doggone fun around here today. We'll get the chick who doesn't know sports in here as well. So uh, there we go. We're going to have a nice, fun Friday. And if we can get to it, the top 10 of the NFL 100, the NBA app, the return of the NBA last night. So we'll get into uh, some of that stuff if we're able to. Concentric? Yeah. You're the only person I've ever met that continues to use words I've never heard before. Yeah, actually, I think in I, the flow of a you, conversation, it's amazing. 
I don't even think I used it correctly. I think concentric circles are like one circle on the outside, and then they like the bigger, like the Russian dolls. <laughs> Just go with it, dude. All right. you, you, no one knows the definition to any of the yeah, words that you yeah. say. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm talking about the Venn diagram. You know, that's what I those those are the circles I was looking for. I said concentric. It's not quite right, but you know, who cares at this point? Hey, we're uh, drinking coffee. On let's Friday. drink some coffee, man. In fact, you drink your coffee over there. I'll tell you what. I we went to Florence Coffee Company today, or Florence Coffee Company coffee break which we do each friday uh i would think that an ice drink would probably be the way to go on a day like today i mean you go ice drink no matter what the temperature but when it's a hundy you try and cool yourself off you got some coffee my man huckleberry smoothie that's all i got to say to you they got real fruit smoothies over there at the uh at the flow coco i went huckleberry why because I'm a proud Montana, yeah, that's why. And, and I, I, did we settle that Huckleberry is the most Montana thing when we put that little uh, prize pack together? <laughs> By the way, I've gotten, I've gotten comments in the community and around the state about that segment more than any other thing. With people that are saying, here's what my thing of, of the most Montana thing is. One I heard that was both hilarious and also disturbing was uh, measuring the distance between towns and the amount of beers you can drink while driving. No, no, to no, said no. Town. Come on. I was like, no, no. I was like, you're in the passenger seat? I don't know. No, we're not. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing but that. But we have got a lot of feedback on that. And I do think that Huckleberries is the one that people Huckleberries, kind of I also, I again, we got to shout out, shout out our guy Gio here. Crick. I mean, that is as good as crick, it gets, crick, man. Crick, Crick. Uh, but right now, Florence Coffee, proudly Montana, and a Huckleberry smoothie, also very Montana. But you can get any any of the, the, the real fruit flavors that you want. They got peach. They got all kinds of different ones over there. Uh, of course, they got coffee as well. So, you know, do yourself a favor on a Friday afternoon. Maybe you're heading out of town, going for the lakes, the rivers, the high ground, the cooler ground. Stop at a Florence Coffee Company kiosk and get yourself ready to go. Uh, Coulter, we're going to have... Commissioner Tom Wister still here in under 10 minutes. So we don't have a ton of time, but set this up for us in terms of the NCAA. Look, sort of everybody's kind of, I don't want to say everybody's pushing, passing the buck around. They're not. But there is an order of decision making that is hierarchical in nature at the, you know, when you talk about college athletics and the NCAA and Mark Emmert are at the top of that. And so if they make, you know, proclamations, decisions, and so on that are going to cover the entire country, then the the you know the conferences then have to operate within those restrictions, within those decisions, with that whatever they are. It's just like government, right? You have your federal laws, the state laws can't supersede those, but they can be more restrictive. The same thing at a county and city level and so on. So that's kind of where we're at. And yet the NCAA has delayed making some pretty important decisions, and they have moved it back yet again. We thought we would know something maybe this week. They pushed it back to next week. I think the most important thing to know here is that the, the NCAA, while uh, a very broad entity, actually has little to no control over the Power Five conferences because they do not uh, administer the college football playoff. That's right. It's an independently administered tournament. So therefore, be, the, everything that we've seen over the last several weeks has been explicitly to help the Power Five divide itself and distance itself from the rest of college football, conference-only schedules, to ensure that members of the Power Five and then Notre Dame, who's now in the ACC for at least this year, have a chance to make a run at the college football playoff. And so the NCAA is holding a Board of Governors meeting on Tuesday, August 4th, to make a decision on 
fall sports and fall sports championships. That pertains to soccer, volleyball, cross country, but then, of course, non-Power 5 college football. And so I don't know what's going to happen with the group of five. That's going to be, I think, the level that's impacted as much as any other level, with the exception of the handful of FCS schools that are sort of like group of five schools, Montana and Montana State being two of them. But yesterday, the Big Sky Conference, on July 30th, after saying for a while that they were going to make a decision by today, July 31st, yesterday, during our show, towards the end of the show, uh, they released a statement said the Big Sky Conference President's Council met today to review options regarding competition this fall for its member institutions, intercollegiate athletic teams. The council decided to reconvene after the NCAA Board of Directors meets again next week. That's Tuesday. In the meantime, school and administrators continue to monitor closely the situations near their campuses, the national landscape, and decisions by other conferences. So, basically, no decision from the Big Sky Conference today. They still have to wait for other decisions to be made. We will talk to the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, Tom Wistershill, about those decisions that need to be made here in about five minutes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting because you can. I'm sure they have been putting together all uh, a bunch of different plans for a bunch of different eventualities. But also, you know, one thing that's still not totally clear to me. I understand the NCAA is a, a you know a larger rulemaking institution than are the conferences, and the conferences sort of oversee the schools. But the schools are also sort of autonomous, even within the you know purview of the conferences and I'm a little I'd like to get a little bit of clarity on that relationship in terms of not so, the power is is not exactly the way to say it but who makes decisions where you know who at is there is there who ultimately has the final say on what does or doesn't happen and how does that work and again all of this is unprecedented right I mean we are operating in a time and in a pandemic that is the the sort of central uh uh you know upheaval of all of this that has never happened before and so it's not as if there's protocols that are in place for well this is what we do now you know so those are being built on the fly and people are kind of trying to figure it out so we'll we'll talk with commissioner Wistersill uh, right after this and 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 uh, and try and get some clarity on a whole bunch of things so stick around he will join us next boys and girls Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula they're at Highway 83 in Sealy two locations whether it's a warm day like today you need to cool off you get on the lakes the rivers you do it with a crest pontoon boat top of the line pontoon boats that's right not just off-road well it is still off-road but it's on water now instead of on earth right the pontoon boats go to kurtz polaris and get those they also got four wheelers side by sides polaris top of the line top of the industry uh side by sides that they put together for your razors Rangers and all kinds of things along those lines. You also get yourself a couple of dirt bikes, okay? Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes. You'll ride around and cruise around in the the hills on there, get to some high ground, get a little bit cooler anyway, at least have some fun if you're going to be hot. Kurtz Polaris, summer the way you've always envisioned, online at KurtzPolaris.com. Tom Wistersill next. Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
it is love that I'm feeling. You know what I mean, Coulter? Well, Bob Marley on love a Friday? It. Come on. Get better? It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus 2 Tell on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT as well. Uh, we... We'll jump right into it because we are happy now to be joined on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line by the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, Tom Wistersill. And Commissioner Wistersill, we really appreciate you spending some time coming on the show with us. We thought we might have uh, some something somewhat definitive to talk about today, but as the NCAA continues to kind of push out some of their decision-making, that sort of forces your hand as well. How difficult is this becoming, especially when you talk about the time that we're dealing with, which is now getting short heading into the fall seasons yeah no good to be with you guys as always love the bob marley you know we try to make you happy around here tom you know we want to raise the level yeah i think that's wonderful that's wonderful so (laughs) no you're right it's uh it's a it's it's a difficult time for everyone right now and uh you know not a lot of clarity in the system as far as college athletics goes uh certainly within within our conference as well um, you know, we've got lots of factors at play here. You know, we're trying to figure out in the most healthy and safe way to to have intercollegiate athletics this fall. And that's quite a challenge, you know, especially in our league, because as we've talked about before, we're spread out over eight states out here in the West, all with various degrees of things going on. Some of the campuses trying to figure out how to open here soon. Some of the teams that have had workouts have been able to get bigger groups together than others. Um, so, you know, and then you have the cancellation of a lot of the money games or other conferences making decisions like you just mentioned, like the Northeast did. And uh, so you add all of those things in together. And it's just it's just a real cloudy picture right now, which is uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's not healthy and it's not good for our student athletes or our coaches and fans. It's very disappointing that uh, we don't have a little more clarity than, than even though we expected it to happen. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Tom, hey, Coulter Nuance, thanks so much for joining us. And we've been analyzing college football across the board here, but it seems as if the Power Five uh, has a little bit more, um, they can have a little bit more tunnel vision because they can just say, okay, we're going to go here. We want to maintain TV revenue, salvage that in some form or fashion, get to a point where we can have a competitive season, conference champions, conference championship games, the college football playoff. It seems so much more convoluted for the group of five as well as the FCS. But when you're talking about the FCS and specifically the Big Sky Conference, weigh the factors here for us. I mean, what are the most important factors? Because it seems to me, actually, in a league like this where you have money games on one side, but also schools that draw so well like Montana, Montessa, and the other side, it seems like everybody has different challenges. What are some of the challenges? How do you rank them for the Big Sky Conference in this landscape right now? Yeah, great, great question. You know, I mean, you know, like I said, on the first, on the front part of it, number one is always the health and safety of our student athletes and coaches and and everyone involved. So that that is the first thing that you take into account. You know, whenever you're making this type of decision, you know, then then you know after that you have your the local factors I talked about. You know, I mean, things things look better in Montana. Uh, than they do in California or in Oregon and Washington and that. So, you know, you have some ability to make some different decisions in different places and that, you know, so plus there's driving factors in those decisions. Some people really desperately need to play, you know, this fall and, and a lot of revenue riding on, on that, on that type of stuff. But, but, you know, after, like I said, once you, once you, talk about the health and safety of student athletes and you're like okay what kind of season can we put together uh with the schools that can play and uh you know like i said right now we got about half of the conference that could be up and running fairly quickly in a timely manner we probably got another half that 
would struggle either because of their uh, the lack of uh, ability to follow the health guidelines locally and have larger groups, or the fact that maybe some of the testing isn't isn't able to get done in a timely manner. So. You know, all of those factors weigh weigh in on the decision point. And then above that is, you know, what, what at the FCS level is, you know, the NC runs our championship. And so we, when we do have competition, we want to be able to compete for a national championship. And so, you know, we're also kind of working with other FCS conferences in touch with the NCA about what might happen of, you know, do they end up uh, canceling or pushing back the any of the fall schedules? Uh, so that impacts not only football, but volleyball, soccer in our league as well, and uh, cross country too. And so, so you know, all of that, you know, combines to to make something that just is a really cloudy picture right now. And uh, it's 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 like I said, health and safety is number one in answer to your question. But then there's a lot of things that factor into number two. You mentioned some institutions that maybe really need to play this fall because of uh, financial reasons. Uh, to me, that's the most confusing dichotomy of the entire league because on one hand, you might have teams that need to play but can only play if they play, if that makes sense. I mean, they need to get money games to make other games even a reality to even step up to the table and participate. But then, then on the other hand, you have schools like, you know, the, the schools that draw really well, Montana, Montana State, UC Davis, you know, even last year, Sacramento State, where you – not having butts in the seats is probably the biggest drawback for those schools. So maybe even waiting to the spring is more advantageous. So when you're talking about two different demands from such a big league as the commissioner, how do you weigh those and balance those conversations? Well, that's certainly a challenge. Uh, luckily, our you know our leadership has been really good about this. You know, both the ads and the and the presidents talking a lot to them about what the future holds, you know, and from the presidential standpoint, I mean, you know, they're number one, they're trying to figure out how to open campus and how to get people there safely and to have classes start, how to, how to conduct that in a way where there's not a massive uh, spread of the virus. And so, you know, those competing, I won't say they're competing factors as much because everybody's understanding of each other's position. And we're very open and honest with each, with each other about, Hey, we might be able to start, you know, this on a regular on a regular basis in Montana, but right now at Eastern Washington or at Portland State, you know, they're not going to be able to start with those groups because they're just not in the same place right now. So, you know, I think people are understanding of each other and realize that as we go about making decisions here in the next, you know, week or two as we get closer to competition dates, some of those decisions might be something that we make that, you know, it's good for these parts of the conference to do these things, or is it better for us to do something as a whole and say, hey, we're either going to pick up and move entirely to the spring, or we're going to play some games in the fall and some in the spring. Um, what, I, what I've come to kind of realize is I just don't think at this point we're going to have anything close to what looks like a regular fall schedule. I just don't think that's going to happen anymore. And so then it's a matter of, okay, what can we salvage in the fall uh, to make it uh, – uh, still a good experience for our fans and our student athletes and coaches, and that. But also, uh, again, with the health, their health and safety at the forefront, that is kind of what's causing the difficulty in making a quick decision now. Tom Wistersill joining us. He's the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. And Tom, I, I want to ask you some questions about decision making, not in terms of of the the what of the decisions, but the how. And I'm I'm interested now as I've thought about this. I realize maybe I don't understand as well as I thought I did the relationship between you as the commissioner and the conference and the athletic directors and presidents of your member institutions when it comes to decision making. Because it's not as if you're just the CEO with dictatorial powers that is going to say this is how it's going to go. 
everybody has to do what I say. It's more of a give and take relationship, right? So how does how does everybody sort of come together? And then what are you able to do as a commissioner that is that 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 does say what we're going to do? And what then is the autonomy of the schools, the presidents, and their ads uh, apart from the conference itself? Yeah, you know, my role is really to be kind of a conduit between whether it's the all the member institutions and all the different levels within them, with the NCAA, uh, with the other commissioners, uh, with you know all, all everything that happens with FCS football, and to help guide the group into making the best decisions possible. Uh, when we have meetings at the conference, I don't get a vote. Uh, the schools vote, whether it's the ADs voting or the presidents when the president's council. Now they're they're very good about asking my opinion. They're very good about you know letting me kind of kind of play out both positives and negatives, pros and cons of different things we're talking about. And they'll often ask for direction and guidance, but I don't get a vote in it. And, and so that's why it's important that you know, we do a really good job educating everybody on all of the factors involved. And then, you know, they're smart people. We've got smart presidents, got ADs that have been around a long time and managed lots of things. Nobody's ever done this before, but, uh, right. but, but people have been in difficult situations before. And, uh, and so then we're able to come together and, you know, they realize that my job is to look out what's best for our 11 member institutions. Not what's best for one or best for the other, but collectively as a whole, how do we make the best decision possible? So we look out a year, two, five years from now that we made a good decision. So that's really my role in this. And uh, like I said, they're good about asking my opinion. And, and uh, yet, like I said, I don't get to vote when it comes time to, to cast one. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. When it comes to actually playing sports, you mentioned, you know, first and foremost, it's the, the, the health and the safety of the student athletes and then, uh, uh, you know, presumably everybody else associated with them, the coaches and the staff and so on. Uh, when you look what's going on in the sports that are being played, obviously the NBA has just begun. The NHL is back tomorrow. They're playing in this bubble and all that. That's not that's not possible, right, to happen at the college level. So maybe then you look to baseball, and it hasn't gone great for baseball. Is there anything that you've seen that overlaps at all from having to travel to different locations for each and every game that you go, whoa, that's a real problem? Or is there are these two utterly distinct things that, that just need to be sort of taken in a vacuum, taken for what they are individually? Well, I think what you're hitting on is the biggest problem that we're going to have as we enter – you know, the college sports season. 
you know, because these student athletes are students, right? I mean, so, so they are, they are bound to their school. They're bound to their school environment. They, you know, they oftentimes live within that area of where their school is. And so they're very much a part of the community. And, uh, and that's very different than at the NBA level, you know, so the bubble is not, it's not an option in college athletics. Uh, and so that's going to be a real challenge for us. And I think we recognize that's probably our biggest hurdle as we go back to school here in August and early September is how do we help our student athletes to make good decisions so that, you know, we don't start and stop the season if that's what we choose to do. And, uh, and so, but, but that, that's a reality of what we understand with college athletics is if they're, they're very social uh, they like to hang out together. Uh, college campuses are, are, that's an awesome thing about college, right, is you get to meet and be around so many people. Um, but nonetheless, it, it, and when there's a pandemic, that's not always the most positive thing. So, right. so you're hitting at the challenge right there. There's, no, there's no, pub, no possibility for a bubble. So we just have to rely on educating everybody what's going on. Hopefully it'll make smart decisions. And then we'll need to track any any uh, spread of the virus through testing and other health checks that we do along the way. Two-tone Noirs, one tonight, ESPN Missoula as well as statewide, SWX Montana Television, Tom Wistershill, Big Sky Conference Commissioner, joining us. And uh, Tom, the so much of, of college athletics is the pageantry, the the awesome exposure for the universities, the marketing elements of it. The front porch of the university is uh, the, you know the saying that's resonated for for decades and decades. But there's also a huge financial element to this. Have you considered the financial impact this is going to have on the league as a whole, football and maybe other sports? Because I mean, if, if there is cancellations of championships, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you're not going to have revenue coming in, but also maybe not expenses going out. I'm sure the budgeting right now is a complete headache. But what do you think are the the main financial impacts this will have on the league as a whole? Well, you know, certainly at, at uh, some of our schools, you know, ticket sales is a huge driver of how they're. Uh, the athletic department financially is put together. So, you know, any impact on ticket sales is a real kick uh, to them. So, you know, that's a, that, that's something that certainly we've talked about, um, you know, of uh, how do we manage that impact. And, you know, then you look at it, you say, okay, if we had three, four, five games this fall and we're able to sell, you know, a certain percentage of seats, is that is that manageable? Does that help us? Or, or do we look more towards spring where maybe we'd be able to have bigger crowds? Maybe there's, we're closer to a vaccine then and allows us a little more time to manage the risk and, and those types of things. So, you know, financial certainly plays into it. It's like any business. You know, you got to do have to look at the bottom line and see how you're managing your, your resources and are you generating the revenue that you, you need to. But, you know, like I said, you know, the health and safety comes first and, you know, that's that, that will drive the decision-making if we feel like we can do this in a health and safe, safely way, uh, heading into, uh, uh, the fall, then we, you know, we probably give it a go. If, if we think that it, that it just can't happen and the NCA starts to push us in a different direction, then we'll figure out plan B. And, uh, hopefully there's an ability there to sell, sell tickets and grow our product and continue to be the front porch that you talked about. Um, in, in a time like this, it seems like being flexible and having maybe some some out of the box thoughts and stuff like that is 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 more regular than it's ever been. Here's one for you: if the big if if the NCAA decides that they're not going to do fall championships, the FBS doesn't even have the NCAA conduct its fall championship in football. Is there any possibility that that the FCS says, "Well, that's fine. We're still going to do an eight or a four team playoff." 
this fall that we're just going to do of our own accord? Is that something that is even a possibility in the landscape? You know, I think it's a possibility. It's been tossed around a little bit by a few of us throwing throwing ideas off the wall. You know, Don, I wanted that to be a two-tell right? original thought. I wanted <laughs> me to be the one to come up with that, but I'm not. I, I, my well, my you know, dream's ruined. No, no here's... Here, no, no, here's here's where it comes alive, your dream, because we talk about it and then we're like, you know, we just don't have, we don't, financially, how are we going to get a sponsor to underwrite the travel and the championships and all that to make it happen? And that's where you come in. That's right. We, it, we'll, we'll, name the, we'll name the game after you. We'll just get a couple sponsors of your radio show on board. ESPN and then, and we're off and is running. a uh, subsidiary of Disney. I will get a check together and we will make this thing happen. <laughs> yep. It will be simple. And we'll play the championship somewhere in Montana. You know, we'll play. You know, we'll just uh, we'll have it. We'll have it there in the state, and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a great thing. But you know, I mean, it, you know, could it happen? Yeah, I think it could happen. It's not easy. It's not easy to get. Uh, would be able to to pull that off and get all the conferences together, and and in some ways, it'd be a little bit of egg on the face of the NCA if we could pull it off without them, and them saying we don't want to do it. It'd be like. You know, so I wouldn't so that I don't be know great? Isn't that a huge upside to this? Don't answer that, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass on that one. Okay, I'll say it. What a great upside. Okay, uh, to tell's opinion only here, people. All right, Colt, go ahead. Um, but tell last question from me. The uh, the league itself. Uh, is an ever-evolving league. Uh, just in the time that I've covered it, it's expanded twice. First with the addition of Northern Colorado, then with the addition of the four other teams that formerly of the Great West, at least when we're talking about football. But, but have you thought long-term, big picture? I mean, there's a lot of things that are changing and evolving right now. I have confidence that we're going to be able to figure this thing out before the academic year ends maybe in May. I, I hope so. I, I think so. But have you thought about just the way that this might impact the overall future of the Big Sky Conference? Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought about it in terms of, you know, what can we learn from what we're going, what's going on right now that can help strengthen us? You know, and I think I've mentioned this before. You know, the, the, the real positive in this for us has been the communication amongst our leadership. You know, typically... You know, our ADs or presidents might see each other three, four times a year tops. You know, now, even though it's on a computer screen, they're seeing each other every week. And and so the interaction amongst them just becomes very comfortable, uh, very trusting, uh, very open and candid. And uh, to me, that's that helps strengthen the conference uh, because we t- normally wouldn't have those types of discussions. And so that's been very positive. So I see that long-term helping us out. I think the other thing it does, it makes people, you know, anytime you have um, conflict and trouble, it makes you take a look at kind of your core values and say, what are we here for? And are we, are, are we following that mission to, to really, you know, benefit our student athletes, help them grow? Are we being good stewards of the money we're given? Are we being positive uh, effects on our communities, both within the school and within the local communities? And so, you know, I, I see that as a positive from all of this. College athletics will probably change um, as a result of the, of, of the pandemic. And certainly if, the, you know, if a lot of these sports don't get started in the fall, uh, there will be some real casualties out there because of the you know, certainly the Power Five schools that rely so heavily on football revenue, they might not be able to get. But I think at our level, at the FCS level, because our, our universities and the athletic departments are so closely tied together, everything that happens within the athletic department is underneath that umbrella. I think that's a positive thing for us, and I think that helps us going forward. 
Tom, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, I know that you don't want to speculate necessarily at a time like this, so I'm going to ask you to speculate. What is, do you think, I mean, if you're sitting here right now, what do you think is the most likely outcome specifically for football? What do you think is going to happen? So, you know, I think, you know, a couple things. One is the NCAA ultimately has to make a decision what to do with fall championships. And if they decide to have the FCS championship this fall, well, then we're going to find a way to get to get um, as many teams as we can to participate in that. Uh, so I think that's number one. If they choose to not have the FCS championship and they move it to the spring, well, then I think we find a way to have football in the spring. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but I think we find a way to do it. So, you know, I think a lot has to do with where the NCAA uh, it makes a decision. And then also what's our patience level to, to wait for that decision. You know, if they don't make a decision the next week, well, you know, how long can we continue to wait, wait and press on? So, you know, a few factors that play there. Uh, but, uh, but that's my best guess as I uh, talk to you right now. Well, Tom, we appreciate you very much for coming on, uh, especially on a Friday afternoon, doing this uh, with us uh, and taking the time out. And we'll 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 see what happens on Tuesday. Hopefully, and not another pushback, but a decision ultimately by the NCAA. And then uh, and we'll see where we're at. We'll catch up again soon when we when we can and know a little bit more. Okay, appreciate it. Sounds great, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Tom Wistersill, commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, joining us. Helpful, I thought. I think there's, uh, I, I mean, you're starting to see a little bit of clarity and, and you're starting to see the breaking point, right? Like on Tuesday, this has kind of got one of two kind of options and it seems pretty likely that it's going to go one way or the other as a result of that. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out more. Let's go now. To a quick break, we'll come back with somebody who's actually got a vote when it comes to it. The athletic director of the University of Montana, Kent Haslam, joins us right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. like a cabaret like a lounge that we got going here with this uh it's oh. santana dude right there but it's, it's like a little <laughs> piano oh man you are just you know? killer on your music trivia name that tune you couldn't name one i don't know man <laughs> i don't know steve lennon is one of my favorites <laughs> to tell a new one is one of two nine espn radio swx montana television across the state uh, we just keep it rolling here, trying to find out, understand as best as we can where we're at on the last day of July as it pertains to fall sports in general and football in particular. We heard from Commissioner Tom Wistersill just now, and we are happy now to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line and be joined by the Athletic Director of the University of Montana, Kent Haslam, uh, with us. Kent, thanks so much once again for taking some time coming on with us and, and helping us out, help, trying to understand where we're at, even though we understand we're in a still very ambiguous state that we're in right now but thanks for being with us nonetheless how are you hot today man it feels like summer man it feels 
I mean, I don't want to say it because it's probably too, you know, I don't want to go that but it feels worse than summer to me, Kent. Uh, that's all I'm going to say, okay? This is a tough one for me to swallow. Uh, I'm, kind of a, I'm, I'm kind of a heat miser, so I, I kind of enjoy You're it. You're okay? But, uh, I must admit, uh, uh, Staren, I didn't, I didn't think we'd be at this spot, uh, Staren August 1st, right in the, right in the face when, uh, you know, when, when we broke from Boise in March, that's for sure. No, no doubt. Uh, no, nobody could have foreseen where we're at right now. And I, I want to start here. We just got off the phone with, with Tom Wistersill and the, the picture he kind of painted is like the reason that this has been pushed back for the big sky conference is that it continues to be pushed back by the NCAA and particularly the question of the administration of fall championships, uh, by, by the the NC2A, which, of course, FCS football falls within that as well as, as many of the other sports. Where is is that the only question that's left to be answered? Like if it went when on Tuesday, if the NCAA convenes and they give a final answer, yes, we're going to administer it in the fall or no, we're not. We're going to administer it in the spring. Is that it? Is that is everything else fall into place at that moment? Or is there still more discussion to be had in general about what could possibly take place regardless of the answer there? Oh boy, that's the million dollar question, Ryan. I it, I don't think that is just the end all be all. I think there will still be decisions that need to be made, but at least it sends you down a fork of the road where you know at least where you're heading. I think through this whole process and um and, and I don't say this disparagingly at all, so please I hope no one takes it this way. I, I do think though this has shown people how the NCAA functions and how it is a it is a bit just spread out the decision-making process. You've got universities making decisions with conference influence with NCAA influence, and everyone's got a little different agenda that they have to work through. So this has certainly exposed how this process works. uh, I think to folks that, that maybe didn't understand how it worked in the process in the past, it makes us look very dysfunctional. Uh, we're, we're not intentionally dysfunctional, but it is just part of the structure. But I, I think at least that decision sends us down a path to where we know now we can make uh, better decisions based on going towards the championship and the national championship experience. Ken, hey, Colter here. thanks so much for joining us. The news out of the University of Montana the last couple of weeks, especially when it comes to football, has been all about the schedule. And I know the Great Northwest Athletic Conference uh, delaying sports till the end of November. That cast you guys, uh, your season opener against Central Washington. And then uh, more recently, um, with the Moorhead State game becoming in question as well. So just give us an update on those two. How, what sort of impact does that have uh, just financially on the athletic department? And I know that Moorhead State's Athletic director said maybe they would try to garner a waiver. Is there any update or progress on that avenue as well? Yeah, there's. We're we're still planning to play that game. Um, that's the uh, that's the answer of the day. <laughs> so we're planning on it. Um, and uh, I don't see. I don't say that to be a smart aleck. It's just, that just really is the truth. Right. Um, they are planning to get a waiver. Um, whether or not that uh, comes through and where we sit on September 19th, who knows, but you know, losing home games for us is significant. Um, that, uh, that central Washington game just kind of spitballing it, probably ticket sale revenue of we'd have played that game at night. It had been popular. People would have enjoyed it. Uh, we just sold a lot of tickets, you know, six or 700,000, maybe $600,000 revenues just in tickets. And then you add in 
parking and, and um, concessions that the university gets and the sales of T-shirts and GSA tailgate and all those other ancillary um, you know, sponsorship opportunities. I mean, it's a significant financial hit. There's no doubt about it. That's why we've talked about this a number of times that playing home games for us are, are important. Plus, can't be lost that it's a significant hit to the community. Uh, we did a we did an economic impact study here a few years ago um, with the Bureau of Business and Economic Research on campus, and I mean, home games on the low end um, bring about two and a half to three million dollars in outside spending, and that's just not the athletic director, you know, just singing a tune that he pulls from his back pocket. I mean, that's that's the research that we did, and mm-hmm. so um, that's significant for this community as well. So, while health and safety is absolutely the top of the top of the pyramid, we want to make sure we do things in a healthy way. You, you can't just bury and pretend that the financial impact isn't there either. If you're doing that, then you're you're you got your head in the sand. You know, I'm I'm interested here because we know how important that is, and and centrally, the revenue is generated because people are going to the games, right? But but also, I'm I'm I would like to know more about where we're at in terms of those home games and what the expectation is of of people being able to attend, and not not so much how or protocol and so forth, but is there. Is there a percentage of capacity that we are at right now where you expect, like, hey, for every home game, we are anticipating X percentage of Washington Grizzly Stadium can hold attendees? Yeah, that's 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 the, really the, the whole point of this is playing the games is one issue. Being able to physically have healthy people on the field with helmets and shoulder pads tackling each other and someone keeping score, right? So there, that's one thing. And then having anyone watch them do it in person, that's a whole other separate issue. So I would imagine if uh, the max we will get to, and we've worked extensively with the county health department, I, I would think about half capacity is what we do in the, in the stadium. There'd be no tailgating. There'd be very strict entrance and exits. There'd be containment within pods, Uh uh, I would Im- imagine that masks would be highly, highly, highly recommended, huh. just short of forcing you to put one on. Um, I mean, controlling restrooms and access to restrooms and what concessions are being sold. And so that's that's the whole other topic of playing. It's one thing. Uh, having anyone see it um, is another. And th- those are those are two very separate challenges. If the hypothetical of maybe having a half capacity game uh, comes to fruition, though, have you strategized or or brainstormed other ways to fill in that revenue? I mean, is there other is there ways to make multiple revenue streams if you do have to play in front of a half full stadium? Pay per view is the, the the most logical, um, but um, there are TV contracts that are in place for for conference games and uh, namely root sports has first choice and and that's a great partnership we we like that partnership um but they're uh they're certainly and i don't blame i'm going to want to give up those rights and then suddenly have us convert them into pay-per-view because they want folks watching them over the air and on direct tv and dish network and, and other places uh so that you can see them there and so you have to unravel this kind of spaghetti bowl of media contracts right that gets you to that point. And, um, 
that that's not an easy that's not an easy thing to do and so that's your most logical one um you can do other things like uh you know charge admission and and but it, it's it's difficult without a large TV contract sitting behind you, uh, being able to fill in that hole to cover the revenue that we generate off of off of ticket sales. I mean, this it's an it's amazing. Uh, this this unseen virus, I think, is is really exposing the structure and the the foundation of how college athletics works, especially right. within the University of Montana. And I, you know, I think in, in some ways uh, it'll shift and change the way college athletics functions moving forward. I'm not predicting catastrophe, but I'm just saying I think it will, it will change how, how folks uh, operate their college athletic programs uh, after going through this. Ken Haslam joining us, the athletic director of the University of Montana. How? What, what, what do you think are the th- is, is one or two things that you go, okay, th- we got to do this different just forever now? Well, I certainly think uh, media contracts uh, will be one thing that will change. I think uh, some things with um, uh, potentially regionalization of, of scheduling, even within a, a large conference. And I listened to, uh, to Tom Wistersill on, uh, before I came on, and I know he talked about us being spread out among eight states, which is, which is good. It's a strength of ours. There's no doubt about it. Our geography makes us, makes us really strong. But at a point in this right now, it shows – a little bit of a weakness too, being able to coalesce around, around, uh, around a virus and, and, and who can play and who can't play. But again, no one could have predicted that. So I don't want to, that's no one's fault. Sure. Uh, but it's, it just, it just shows the difficulty. Uh, you know, before I got on the call, I noticed the uh, major league baseball commissioner came out. You guys probably saw this and said, Hey, we're going to shut this thing down if we can't get the coronavirus under control. Yeah. And their model is a lot, Major League Baseball model is a lot more like what our model will be because they're not all living in bubbles, um, having their food delivered to them. You know, they're living in their houses, traveling on planes, going to different cities. That's what, that's what college athletics will look like, uh, adding their, you know, their college kids and they'll be living in dorms and, and having fun with their friends too. When it comes to additional revenue, Ken, I want to, I want to ask you one follow-up on that. You know, you mentioned pay-per-view. That's an obvious answer. And this is just me being curious. I don't have any idea what the rules are around this, but if Montana was to play in front of a half-full stadium or even an empty stadium, is there any way to subsidize athletic department revenue for the football budget or otherwise from any sort of private donations? I mean, or could a big donor give you guys a gift or could a bunch of small donors pitch in money? Can you fundraise the money, I guess is what I'm asking? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 that's uh, that's we already do that in a lot of ways, Coulter. We have so many people who support us through the quarterback club and and allow us to do things, um, not just the quarterback club, but the hoop club, the round ball club, all these separate areas that are are allowing us to do things that just that that don't uh, don't get funded just from from the general fund. So that would be our our first line of defense if 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 we go with no uh, fall sports or something gets canceled is we'd certainly first look to the generosity of our fans and say, Hey, we need your help. Uh, we need to keep uh, funding scholarships. We need to keep funding operations. And, and I'm, I'm confident that uh, the Grizzly fans would step up, but that absolutely uh, is an option. And uh, culture, I'll meet with you uh, tomorrow. If you'd like to, 
I give you my life savings, nine dollars. We'll take it. So it's better than nothing, I'm sure. Um, Another question on that note, Ken. I was last time I was playing golf. I was actually playing with a couple. Big-time Grizz fans that, that were saying, oh, you know, we've already bought our season tickets. We really wanted to make the donation to the program no matter what happens. Uh, but one brought up an interesting idea. He, he was saying, I wonder if they could get some sort of state subsidy, some sort of state funding, a grant or something like that from the state since Montana and Montana State are both, at the end of the day, state-run institutions. And this is such a once-in-a-lifetime crazy thing. Is there any opportunity for that, for any sort of uh, state government uh, infiltration of, of income or revenue into you guys' athletic department? So you're essentially saying a, a bailout of college athletics is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, that would – I wouldn't even want to speculate on that. Um, certainly we are state-run institutions. Those decisions would go in concert with what the entire campus is doing. Um but, uh, you know, having some kind of, of a way to, to, to bridge this year, and, and I'm still hopeful. Um, I'm still hopeful that um, we can get to a spot where we're, we're playing in front of some full crowds, potentially in the spring. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm moving more and more towards this idea of, of hey, let's, let's, let's play this thing in the spring and get, uh, you know, start in early March and finish by the end of April and have a shortened FCS playoff, if that's at all possible, and, I mean, we're we're down to five five home games already, and 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 one of the others is is pretty much on life support. So then you put it to four, and then you look at Cal Poly coming in September 26th, and how realistic is that? I mean, with what's going on in California, and so then if you're at three games, and then you're playing three games in front of you know six thousand people, wouldn't it be better to play four in front of potentially full crowds in the spring? So, and I've heard from a lot of our fans that say, hey. We'd be there in the spring too, so we just need to get some some decisions made, so we we know what direction what direction we're headed. Ken Haslam joining us, uh, the athletic director at the University of Montana. Is there a? There's no precedent for this, I understand, but what what would it be like to play a? If you played in the spring, you would presumably be playing again in the fall, right? I mean, we would click the clock yeah. over very very quickly in a in a shortened off season and move right into fall football. Is there? I mean, what does that space look like? How would that work? And especially kids who maybe trying to get into the NFL, the NFL draft, do combines, things of that nature. Like how how would all of that work together? And I realize I'm asking you a big question question way out in front of this no no those are all those things though that that are the the challenges with playing in the spring and something that no one's ever done and certainly there's concern uh in all of our sports but obviously uh, you know you could say the same for soccer you know it's a high contact sport you play a bunch of matches in the fall or spring then turn right back around and play in the fall football certainly we all know it's a very high contact sport and and um so that that turn of playing you know, if you, if you play three games into the national championship, let's say you're, you play 11 or 12 games in the spring, then you pivot right back around and you're playing 11 plus hopefully a little run in the playoffs in the fall. But, you know, if we could do, if we could do a few things with, uh, remember you've got the four game red shirt rule. So you've got a chance to have your freshmen come in and work with them pretty well in the fall and potentially use some of them in the spring. Your, your roster gets deeper, but you know, those are things that I know coaches are concerned about and rightfully so. And those are things that, we really need to make sure the coaches understand um, 
I'm not I'm not the director of player personnel, so it's hard for me to, you know, speculate on what the roster depth would be or those right. type of things. But that that is one of the challenges. Those those are one of the things that you think about of what playing um, and just thinking football right now. But playing that many games in one calendar year, what kind does that what, what does that do? And then also spring recruiting and the NFL draft. But I I think you know we I want I want to see our our student athletes have a meaningful experience, and I think. Meaningful can be interpreted in a couple of different ways. One is certainly being able to play for something, play for a championship. And the other one is, is doing that in front of large crowds like we're used to at the University of Montana. And so having that meaningful experience and, and then weighing out, okay, will we give up spring recruiting to get a meaningful spring? I, I think a lot of coaches say, yeah, let's play. You know, we want to, and, and student athletes say, hey, I want to play, I want to play. Well, Ken, I'll tell you what, man, we really appreciate you coming back on with us and, and taking the time and, and and getting us to the point that we're at right now to kind of at least have an idea of, of how decisions uh, are going to be made and what some of the prospects are here. We appreciate it very much and wish you the best throughout this weekend and hopefully what will be a, a, a week that will come that we'll kind of have a, a pretty good idea maybe of, of the way this is going to go. We appreciate it. Yep. No, anytime. Happy to chat and, uh, you, uh, you both have a have a great weekend. Thank you. We will, and we will catch up again soon. Kent Haslam, the athletic director at the University of Montana, appreciate him uh, very much for coming in here and, and, and laying it out. And he, I mean, he, he said right now, I'm kind of leaning towards the spring. Like, and 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 you can you can understand why. I mean, they're they're for sure minus one this moment on the home game. There, yeah. He said life support on number two, which yeah. you know, okay, and. Then Cal Poly already feels very much in question there, and and so and, and you also got Sac State, right? You got Southern Utah, which Utah is good, but Southern Utah is so much more. I mean, obviously the name is in the school, a long way away, but it's 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 so close to Northern Arizona, which is mm-hmm. one of the most infected portions. It's also very close to Las Vegas, so you have a lot of traffic from there. So I mean, really, Mont- that's what's that's the really hard part is we know that the Montana schools are always going to be bound. For so many different reasons, the rivalry number one, but also just because of the border regions, the state, everything. And you look at Montana's schedule, and they have one game that they're trying to get to that you think is is the one where okay, both sides are going to be pretty darn safe, and that's the rivalry game, the last game of the year. You yeah. look at Montana State though, their schedule is not nearly. I mean, Montana State has already had their first two games canceled, so they're actually one game down beyond Montana because like. Kent said, Moorhead State, not completely dead yet. Yeah, Montana State down Long Island, down Utah, but Dixie State at Bobcat Stadium. That seems like an okay, a game that maybe could happen. Yeah. Uh, Northern Colorado, okay. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Cal Poly, no. Right. Idaho State, okay. Idaho, okay. Yeah. So Montana State's schedule actually has a little bit more to it in terms of being able to hang on, but... It's here nor there if there's no championships. I mean, if we don't have a, a tournament, I just I think that you move to the spring automatically just to maintain the integrity of competition and the integrity of the Big Sky Conference as a whole. Hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Montana State Athletic Director Leon Costello, he'll join us and also in 30 minutes from now, how about, how about we have some fun, huh? Can we do that today? The chick who doesn't know sports as well, all coming at you next.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 